0: Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Pacquiam and today I'm Jane joined by Jamie Showmaker hi Holly how are you I'm doing well it's a very full time of year um, as it is probably for a lot of us a lot of our listeners yes. <laughs> and just just ending some really wonderful things that we're participating in mostly my kids and I'm a part of it in various ways and um, we just recently finished up a dance recital that my girls were in and my son's been in soccer this season and so he's um, he's he's about done with that and so it's been a wonderful year but also nice to take a break from some of yes
1: yeah we we have a similar situation we um finished up our co-op for homeschooling Mm -hmm. um this week and we had our end of the year celebration on friday evening and that was great they um showed all that they had been learning in theater classes so they were dressed up like characters from shakespeare which was a lot of fun and um yeah, so it's nice to kind of have that time of winding down um, and starting a whole new routine for the summer, I think, um, which I'm looking forward to very much.
0: Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to just rest a little bit here for the next mm-hmm. few weeks. And we're actually preparing to go to England, which I might have mentioned that before on the podcast, yes. but yeah, in just a few so weeks. exciting. Yeah, so I'm kind of starting to feel that a bit of... Um, pressure my husband and I are talking about okay we need to really think about packing and so we make sure we get everything and with four kids it's gonna be you know that's a lot (laughs) lot yeah a lot to think through and we don't want to take very much luggage so trying to be minimalist if possible um my husband is graduating from Durham University from St. John's College with his doctorate so that's why we're going and um yeah, it was a big decision to try to decide if to take all of us, but we wanted to stay for a little while, so we decided for all of us to go, and some of our extended family will be there, too. So it'll be a really wonderful, incredible
1: memory, I think, for all of us. That's so exciting. Yeah, we're we're not doing inter- any international trips, but um, I'm prepping for a trip to Charleston, South Carolina, for a conference that I attend every year, and I'm um, also planning for a trip to New York City, which I'm excited about, which... Um, this, it's my husband. It's our twentieth anniversary this year, and so we're going to spend a couple of days. I know so <laughs> we're exciting. excited. Yeah. I know, I know. And our whole entire family just got back from Atlanta. Um, we just took a short um, couple of days there. My my boys have been asking to go to the natural history museum to see some specific dinosaur skeletons and the aquarium there. Um, Two of my boys are very interested in aquatic animals, marine animals, and so they have been asking for years to go see the whale sharks and the beluga whales, and um, so that was a wonderful, wonderful experience of travel for our family. So lots, yeah, lots that we've been doing, fun. and lots coming up for everyone. I think. Yes,
0: definitely. Yeah. Well, what have you been reading lately, Jamie?
1: I well, I'm reading a biography of Jane Austen in preparation for um, the um, author study that we do monthly um, as part of our contribution for the cultivating the Sa- cultivating life with Sally membership. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm reading about Jane Austen. I'm reading rereading Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry, and I'm also rereading. Book. <laughs> I know me too. <laughs> um, um, the Wingfeather Saga by Andrew Peterson. I'm rereading that for an upcoming story formed um, post that I'm going to do. I realize that I talk about that and I recommend that book a lot in our podcast. Um, But I've never done a full-fledged review of the series. And so um, since a lot of people ask about it and what age is and that kind of thing, I'm Mm going to do a full-fledged review of that series. So I'm rereading that in preparation for that. And just because I love it. It just is one of my favorites. So, Mm -hmm. And in the car, we're listening to Ember Falls, uh, which I've also read, but my boys have not. Not Ember Falls. Ember Rising by S.D. Smith. And um, they have not read that yet. I've read it. But they are enjoying that very much right now. So, what, what are you reading? Great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, let's see, I've been reading the Vanderbeekers of 141st street. Um, it's a newer kind of middle grade novel and I'm going to be writing about that for story soon. So you can look for that. Um, and my, my two older girls we were kind of all switching the book around from the library and, And (laughs) reading different parts and sections, but it's, it's just a great story about a family um, living in a brownstone in New York City. And you can see some of the author's influences of other great family stories, like all of a kind family or, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Great for that, Mm -hmm. um, that age and when, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it too. So, that's the first in a series that's going to be coming out I think one one a year for the next few years. And then we've been listening to The Five Children and It in the car on audio and um Yeah, kind of listening to that in chunks, going in and out of it, trying to catch kids up if they've missed a bit, if they're not there. Yeah. Um, And then I've had this on my list since January, but just starting in Defense of Sanity, which you recommended to me. Oh, yes. I read
1: that every morning.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm going to be joining (laughs) you doing that a little bit in the mornings by Chesterton. Yes. Yeah. Trying to get a little bit. Oh, I'm so
1: excited. Yeah. That you're reading that. Yeah. Very good.
0: Well, as we're saying, we're all preparing for summer in some ways, um, and for some of that, for some of us, that means staying home, and for others of us, it's traveling. And so, whether you're going on summer adventures or maybe you're doing local outings or activities just in your own community, which is great fun, um, I think we can all find a way to transport ourselves somehow to new places through story. Um, and so, you know, summer can be a time to adventure in different ways. And you know like I said, whether it's going out or reading lots of books. So hopefully, hopefully we'll all get to do a little bit of both. How does that speak to you?
1: Yeah, we we do read a lot of books in the summertime. We we do a lot of adventures, but we do a lot of reading. I live in the south where it can get extremely hot mm-hmm. <laughs> in the summertime. So on those ninety five degree days, um we we love being inside with a glass of lemonade and a good book. So <laughs> we we do a lot of reading in the summer, as I know a lot of people do. And you know, you hear people talk about all the time in the summertime talking about beach reads and things like that. And it's, I think it's not just that we want something light and easy to read in the summertime, although sometimes we do want that, but really what we want is either to be transported somewhere mm-hmm. else or to be immersed more fully in our experiences that we're having. And I think Stories are a wonderful way to do both of those things. They can, they can either take us away from the normal and the mundane that, you know, when we do need an escape um, or want to go somewhere else. Um, but what they can also do is take us deeper into the settings and the histories and the truths of the places that we may be visiting, um, just making them come to life in a way that can make those experiences more meaningful for us.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, here at Farm we often get questions about books that relate, you know, to particular places or activities. Um, I had a friend last summer say, you know, we're going to the to the East Coast. Um, Did you have any books to recommend for that? And so I think right. sometimes we're, you know, pre- we're all preparing for upcoming trips, or we want to learn about a new region of the country or a different culture, even. And so today, we really just want to take some time to focus on some book recommendations to help enhance your summer experiences.
1: Yeah, I, I love how stories can help prepare us to encounter a new place, um, to kind of help make, make us more familiar with the culture or the setting of some place new. Um, I know I always feel more confident and more comfortable if I know a little bit about a place before Mm -hmm. I encounter it. Mm -hmm. Um, So as you mentioned, you have a very special experience coming up um, for you and your family. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're preparing for that?
0: Yes, sure. So yeah, like I said, we yeah we have a really special opportunity that probably will may never happen again. So we're wanting to take <laughs> advantage uh, of the situation and um, by reading and thinking about, you know, what we've read in the past by British authors, which I, I think it is such a gift that we have already read so, you know, so much by British authors. Right. And so I think I, my hope is that for my kids that They'll be able to connect with so many things because of the reading we have done. But we also have some things that we're still hoping to cover before we go. Um, So even if you're not going to England, you know, this summer, anytime soon, you can travel there through books. And so I just have some recommendations I'd love to share today about England. And as I was kind of thinking through a bit of our uh, travel plan and where our stops, um, some of these are based off of that. So the first one I thought of is a favorite of my five year olds right now. We've been reading this um, for quite a while now. This is I don't know if it's like this for your kids, but you know, they might have a particular book that they just want you to keep reading over and over and <laughs> over and um yes. season. And so I know this, you know, I know by now by the fourth child this is this is this is what happens sometimes. This can be a phase mm-hmm. for them. And so trying to lean into that. And so anyway, one of her books that she loves right now is called Katie's Picture Show by James Mayhew and in it um, Katie is wandering through this museum and she comes across uh, five different masterpieces and so um, one of them is The Hay Wayne by John Constable and um, we actually were studying John Constable this year, too. So it was just neat how she right. recognized it right away. Oh, I've seen this in our picture studies. Yes. And, um, so just I love that. how they,
1: when they yeah. form those connections, how books allow them to do that. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yes. So um, she does tend to always, is this Monet? Is this Monet? She tends <laughs> to wonder if everything I think she doesn't really know how to talk about Impressionism, but she can kind of see the similarities and wonder if it's him. And then there's four other masterpieces, and all of these, and we found out in the back of the book, are all housed in the National Gallery in London. And so, oh, wow. Yeah. And so that I we, it was kind of one of the things that I thought about doing. But this um, reading this book kind of prompted me to think, OK, we should really make this. The kids will connect to yes. a few pieces of art here and we will be in London. And so we should you know, we should stop there. But oh, that's even,
1: a fantastic yeah. idea, yes.
0: So, I mean, and so, you know, if you ever get there, or even if you don't ever get there, this is a way to kind of, you know, connect these different paintings. So, and then we just got um, Katie in London, and so that... Um, in preparation to kind of see what are all the major sites of London that, you know, we'd want to see. And um, I think what we'll probably mm-hmm. do is get on one of those big buses, like a double-decker bus. Yes. <laughs> go around just for the ease of it. And I think we'll be in London maybe one day just so they so the right. kids can kind of see um, – some of the major sites. So.
1: When I was in yeah. London, the tube was on strike. And so we had no choice but to walk or oh, take the double decker wow. bus. And it was wow. really easy and convenient. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I recommend yeah. it. It was great. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
0: of course, we have to talk about Harry Potter because yes. J.K. Rowling <laughs> is uh, from the UK and uh, such a popular series and one that has really deeply influenced our family in a positive way. And um, I think just even our youngest, who obviously hasn't read it yet, but she knows enough of the names and the, the different mm-hmm. stories that um, that we talk about the series quite a bit in our house. Um, and if you may have heard of Kings Cross Station, and they have a platform there, but if you're familiar with the books in the series, at our platform nine and three quarters would right. um, would sound familiar to you. And so my older girls are excited to see that but um there's so much in this series too just about uh, british culture you know if, if you're mm-hmm. being, you know just thinking through what kinds of things you know like like their school system has prefects and you know there's, right. all, there's all kinds of references to british things so you would you'd learn about the culture in this in this fun fun series <laughs>
1: And just how the language is different from um, e- English is different in Britain than it is in the United States yes. in a lot of ways. You yeah, know, talking right. about biscuits versus cookies right. or yeah. a jumper instead of a sweater and just just things, just small little things like that that are just um, minute differences, yeah. in, even in the language, that's as right. um, I think. An education for for our children yes
0: Yes, absolutely
1: Yes, (laughs) um
0: and then we'll be um in the yorkshire area for a while and some of you might be familiar with james harriet we've talked about him and he's from he's from england and has written a number of books but one of them is the treasury for children so you can get um, a lot of his children's books together in that or you can buy them separately um I did go into detail talking about him on the Life with Sally membership in our our author studies, as Jamie had mentioned. So if you're interested in hearing more in depth about his life... Um, you can listen to that podcast there. But because I'm, I've learned so much about him and we've read so many of his children's books, I was excited to know that we'll be in that area. And there's a James Harriet Museum there. So, And I'm going to try my best to do some uh, Insta stories from our um, Instagram account from Storyformed Home. So um, hopefully um, there'll be some things, some pictures and things that you can follow along a little bit while I'm there. But I'm excited to see that museum. It was actually his original veterinary clinic that was wow. now, is now turned into a museum. So it's just a small little town and he ended up, you know, making millions of dollars writing books, but he never changed anything about his life. I think that's one of the things that really stood out to me that um, he kind of made this money off of writing books later in his life, but stayed in his same home and just, he's like, why would I change anything now? You know, I want to keep wow. on keep on keeping on with his life. Just a very humble, sweet man from what anyone who knew him said about him. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for that. And I think the kids will be too. Um, we'll also be in the Winchester area. And this is an area where um, they have, there's quite a few actually authors that have some connection to this greater area. But um, they have actually a great hall, which is one of the finest surviving isled halls of the 13th century. And this contains the greatest symbol of medieval mythology and like a King Arthur's round table. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And so we my older girls have read a little bit about him, and so I'm hoping to reread this with them or maybe pass it around again. But there's a book called Arthur of Albion mm-hmm. by John Matthews. And so you could read about King Arthur and those tales. And um if you're not familiar with them, these knights were characters in the legends about King Arthur. And they lived in Camelot, at King Arthur's castle, and they were considered the best, the very best knights around and they would gather at this round table. And this signified their importance that they were asked to be at the round table. They were seen as really trustworthy. So I'm excited to, to get to see, you know, a little bit of a, a symbol of that time period and those stories. Um, you Yeah, as I said, you can see the round table and they also have, I think, at 13th century hall where there's like an enhancement of the original Winchester Castle built by William the Conqueror so we'll get a little bit of history there too and of course there's going to be hi- you know historical things connected to History everywhere, but I'm kind of just focusing in today on some of our literary connections, right? Yeah (laughs)
1: my my husband, um, of course, there are so many books on King Arthur, but my my husband just finished reading recently the Once and Future King, so we've had some discussions recently about King Arthur in our house too. Yes, and we have on our shelves. I have um I have both Howard Pyle's um, A Story of King Arthur and His Knights, and Mm -hmm. I also have. Roger Lancelin and Green's King Arthur and his, and the oh, I think it's called King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. I think it's what that one's called. And mm-hmm. I haven't read either one, but they both come really highly recommended by people mm-hmm. that I trust. And um, I'm g- getting ready to pre-read them in anticipation of our focus on the Middle Ages this mm-hmm. coming school year. So I'm going to be reading about King Arthur as well. But one that my boys already love um, is a picture book. And it's called King Arthur, the Sword and the Stone, and it's by Hudson Talbot. And it just focuses primarily on the legend of the sword and the stone, which I think most of us are, are familiar with, if mm-hmm. by no other reason than the, the Disney movie, <laughs> The yeah. Sword and the Stone. But, um, yeah, just the, the story of how, you know, the boy Arthur um, pulls the sword out of the stone. And that, of course, signifies that he is the, the true and rightful mm-hmm. king. Um, and so, my boys love love that picture book, so oh, that's great, yeah, so like lots about King Arthur yeah. that we can recommend, yeah, yes, definitely. for sure, definitely. Yes. um
0: so we will be in that same area here at another connection- a literary connection um there's a Jane Austen museum
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um so i yeah, I'm really excited to go see this there's uh i think it's her the only home that she lived in that's now currently open to the public Mm -hmm. so um but you can join in this journey by reading the wonderful jane austen novels and as jamie said she's digging into her history and (laughs) um, i'm excited to hear all that you're finding out about her
1: Yes, I'm so excited you get to see this, because like I said, I'm, I'm reading a biography um, for, in, in preparation for the author study that I'm doing for next month, and um, I just think she's fascinating. Um, of mm-hmm. course, you know, Jane Austen novels are, are some of my favorites mm-hmm. in general, so mm-hmm. yeah, yes, so you get so much of the history and the culture and just the the landscape of England from Jane Austen novels. I mean, just... Yes. Uh, um, her description of just even their walks you you get a sense of place that is really just deep deeply embedded into her stories yes mm-hmm. absolutely so yes yes
0: and then we will um for a portion of our trip probably our longest portion of our trip will be spending in oxford and we have some great friends who live there and we'll be able to to stay with them and settle in just a little bit there so that'll be wonderful um but that um, oxford is the home of c.s lewis and it's called that his home is called the kilns and um, i've been to oxford once before and we didn't have a chance to go there so i am excited that we'll get to go see his home and um i'm sure many of you are familiar with um the whole Chronicles of Narnia series, but um, I would highly recommend maybe you want to take this summer and just go through that series with your kids. Just read aloud or just pick a couple to read aloud. Um, So we're um, anticipating that for sure. And I I guess I probably just, you know, I'd recommend The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe as a place to start if you haven't read any of them. And we have a great audio series too that I think it was focused on the family radio theater Has done Mm -hmm. so. That's another great one if you just want to kind of dig into Lewis. And I had not started reading um, any of his books or even his children's books till I was an adult. So
1: I did not either. (laughs) I I'm I'm in the exact same boat, Holly. C.S. Lewis is one of my all-time favorite authors now, but I did not read anything of his Mm -hmm. until I was an adult. And um, it's just it's so rich. He's so um, prolific in his writings and varied in the genre and the topics that he covers. Um, yes, my, I, I um, also love biographies on C.S. Lewis. And I think my favorite one, if you're interested in delving more, not just into his writings, but into him as a person, my favorite is um, The Narnian. Which the the life and imagination of C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you've read that one by. I think it's by Alan Jacobs. I don't have it in front yes, of me or the I notes have not about it. But read
0: it. my husband has read it. Oh, but I haven't
1: yes, read that one. No, I love it that one because it really does trace kind of the intellectual development and the imaginative development of C.S. Lewis um, through his stories and his faith, and kind of how. His um, spiritual growth is reflected in his stories, and um, it's just – it's a fascinating way to approach the the biography and the life of C.S. Lewis, and I, I highly recommend that one. It was, it was fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. Now I'm yeah. questioning myself. I'm thinking, is that the one? We listened <laughs> to one. I'm going to have to look at the title. We listened to one on a road trip last summer, and it sounds so familiar that what you're saying, what it was tracing and mm-hmm. – Well, I'll have to look it up and I'll, if it's a different one, I'll put a couple in our show notes for people to take a look at. So yeah, I agree. His life is very inspiring Mm -hmm. and fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really I really hope to make it to the Lake District. It's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but we won't end up getting there. But there are several authors who live there. Um, if you're interested in checking out um, some more English authors, but Beatrix Potter had a home in the Lake District, and of course she wrote The Tale of Peter Rabbit and so many other wonderful stories for children. And then Arthur Ransom has become a favorite author of my older kids' Um, and he wrote a series called Swallows and Amazons. And mm-hmm. so, if you have kids or you yourself um, love to read just kind of about the imaginative life of children and their adventures, the, it's the Walker children. Um, I think you would really love those. So, I think my older girls will be taking maybe some of those on audio um, on our way too. So, um,
1: I love that. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to England with you Yay. this summer. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I will even yes. more through some of, yes. of these books yes that's right <laughs> that's, that's my plan anyway okay. <laughs> can't get there this year I'm going to go via story that's right <laughs> <laughs> well even if you aren't going overseas this summer you can you can still use stories to enhance whatever types of vacations or experiences that you're planning um, like Holly mentioned one of her friends asked her rec- book recommendations for when she was traveling to the East Coast. And so all all it takes is a little bit of forethought to gather some books together that center on the setting or the theme for wherever you're going. And you can use that in any any kind of travel, any kind of adventure or place that you're headed this summer. Like um, one that came to mind for me was the beach. We often go to the beach in the summertime because we live very close to the coast here in North Carolina, uh, where I live in North Carolina. And, um, so, if you're going to the beach, just books like um, Robert McCloskey's Time of Wonder. Um, it's a wonderful picture book about all of the wonders that a child encounters when spending a summer at the coast, um, even a hurricane <laughs> is, yeah. which is not typical <laughs> for for a beach vacation, but um, it's just a a beautiful kind of lazy, um, view of, of coastal life. Um, and another one that came to mind, for me when I was thinking about books about the beach was Island of the Blue Dolphins. And I don't know if you've read that. It's I been so I long. I have, I really like that yeah. book, yes. I did too, it's been forever since I've read it. Um, I need to read it again. But one of the things that stuck with me over the years, the first thing I thought of when I thought of that book was the sense of the setting, the place mm-hmm. or the beach where she must survive mm-hmm. um, after being left behind. And so um, that's another one that came to mind. And, um, another one I thought of for the beach was Captain's Courageous by Kipling. And it isn't at the beach, um, per se, but it captures the essence of kind of a, a swashbuckling ocean adventure, um, you know, on the high seas, which is, which is always inspiring when, when you're at the beach and you're sitting there looking at the ocean, you can't help but think about what's going on out there on the ocean. Yes, and, you true. know, it's, a, it's especially good for teenage boys. And I'll be honest, like as an adult female mom I did not think I was going to like Captain's Courageous um I was fascinated it was it was one of the I mean I absolutely loved that book um and there's a lot of sailing language in it and um um, terms that I, I didn't understand about mm-hmm. sailing in the ocean and that kind of thing. But it only um, lent itself to the power of the story because I felt like I was in the shoes of the, the, the narrator, the protagonist, who was learning himself. So they were using all of this vocabulary related to the ship. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? I was like, wait, he doesn't know what it means either. And so I was really immersed in the story and in his experience. And I learned along with him. Um, and it was really fantastic. So I recommend that for everybody. It was not one that I would have picked up on my own, but I read it with some friends and I was so glad that I did. So that's one that I recommend if you're going to the coast as well.
0: Yeah, I, I have not read that, Jamie. So I'll have yeah. to pick that up at some point. Well, you had mentioned Time of Wonder and we just finished – we've. we've We have gotten that so many times from the library, so I need to buy it at some point, (laughs) but um, we've just been reading that. And um, another author study that I've been doing is on Robert McCloskey Mm -hmm. um, for our author study for Life with Sally. So um, if you're interested here again, finding out about another author, um, there'll be a podcast up soon in
1: the future about him. Yes, very good. But you don't have to go to the beach. I know not everyone is close to the coast, and so I think in the summertime, another activity that a lot of people participate in is camping. Um, I don't know if you guys camp. Do you camp, Polly? We do some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would
0: like some more. We're um, around here in Colorado. I mean, we've we have friends that are you know very hardcore campers, right? Like, way like hours and hours deep into the mountains. So we we'll go up to the to the mountains for a couple of days, but we're not like going off the beaten path by any means. Right. I,
1: I have to be honest. I, I am not a camper at all. And yeah. I have three boys. So I'm trying to come, come to terms a little bit with <laughs> with the fact that I have three boys. and so I'm going to have to kind of learn to sure. do that a little bit. And so one of the ways that I'm trying to help myself get excited about the possibility of camping in my future um, (laughs) is by reading. (laughs) And one that I just read last week was my first time reading it was My Side of the Mountain by Jean Craighead George. Have you read that one? I
0: have. We, yes, we've read that multiple times. I love that
1: book. I love it too. It's a, if you're not familiar with it, it's about a boy who goes and lives for about a year in the Catskill Mountains and um, it talks about, you know, making his own shelter and Foraging for and hunting food, which you know, all of that would be really inspirational when you're living out on the land for a little bit, even if it's just in a tent for a night. Um, it kind of makes you feel like <laughs> you're, right. you're part of the land it does. And yeah. it, you know um, And I think you know things like Swiss Family Robinson and other like survival type books that encourage you to kind of use your wits and survive or try to make your your environment more comfortable or conducive to life. Um, all of those are really great books to inc- inspire you when you're camping. Yeah. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Um, another place that I think a lot of people go um, are to historical sites. And there are those all over the country in the United States and, of course, in various Places internationally, um, going to different regions of the country, whether you're going, you know, just to see a historical site or to visit relatives or um, any reason, there, there are countless books that you can read to prepare yourself for experiences in other regions of the country. And I love um, Holland C, Holling C. Holling's books for this purpose. Um, books like *Paddle to the Sea* follows the geography of the Great Lakes region. There's also *Men of the Mississippi* and *Tree in the Trail* for the Midwest, and um, *Pegu* and *Seabird* are for the coast. But Hollings' books really focus on like the physical geography of a place, and so you really do learn a lot about like the, the landscape and the topography and the climate and the you know just the the. Um, geology and just different things like that from those books, and so they're they're told in story form, but they're also just really heavy in the physical um, geography. Have you ever read any of the hauling, Sea hauling books? Yes,
0: I have, Jamie. I yeah. I really really like a lot of those. We paddle to the sea is probably the paddle. most familiar to us. Yeah. And I, my yeah, boys I haven't gotten through that all. book. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Like when I first encountered it, I was like, why are my boys going to want to learn a uh, you know read a book about just like navigating the Great Lakes, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, and they were absolutely fascinated by it, mm-hmm. and they absolutely loved loved mm-hmm. that book so mm-hmm. um, but if you're looking for stories um in history, there are plenty of those too. I know you mentioned um when your friend was taking a trip to the East Coast, right. where was she going? Did she say? She, like, where? Yeah, she went
0: to quite a few different cities along the coast. I'm um, Philadelphia, <laughs> and Boston, and New York City. Um, yeah, they spent, a, I think, maybe a couple weeks um, on that trip. So, yeah, a great trip. Uh, and she has a wide range of kids, but getting in, you know, having high schoolers now. So, it was yeah, it was a great Trip covered yeah. a lot of the regions.
1: Well there there are so many historical books for those particular regions. I mean a lot centered around the founding of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can probably think of more to recommend but I what comes to mind for me is Johnny Tremaine. That's the first one that
0: comes yeah, to mind by Esperant. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, you know for older children, books like The Crucible and the Scarlet Letter, th- those delve not only into the place and the history, but also some of the moral questions that those that particular historical practices raise. Mm-hmm. Um, so those can spark some good kind of moral conversations along with the history and the place. But I and I also love 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 historical biographies by David McCullough for adults. Um, Seventeen seventy six and John Adams are both great if you're planning a trip to the New England region. And I, I say for adults, um, th- there's nothing in any of McCullough's books that I have personally read that were was questionable. But just some of the themes of um, are are just for more mature old, older students or or mature adults. You know some of the. The colorful history of some of our founding fathers mm-hmm. is alluded to, obviously not graphically or anything, but it, it is mentioned. So, yeah. um, but they are such wonderful biographies, and I. I learned so much about the region, in addition to the people that were there. And of course, you mentioned Robert McCloskey. I mean, you can't talk about New England without right. <laughs> mentioning McCloskey. You can't even go to—I mean—in Boston, in the—is it—is in the Boston Public Garden where they actually have the statue of That's Mrs. Right. Mallard yes. and her brood from Make Way yeah. for Ducklings. So, yes, yeah. yeah. And
0: several of his picture books, including Time of Wonder, the one you mentioned, Jamie, are set in Maine. Mm -hmm. Um, because he lived um, for a lot of his life um, on an island off the coast of Maine. And so I I think reading some of his picture books, you really get that. You really get a sense of what it's like. And I have never been there. So I think, you know, I I felt like, okay, I am being transported to the, you know, and he he also illustrated those books. And Mm -hmm. so um, you really get a feel for what the, you know, the coastal line looks like and the different types of trees and. Um, just a sense of what it would be like to live on an island and it's cold and a lot of the year and they had to take a boat inland to get their groceries and all of that so that's yeah those books are great to
1: immerse yourself in in the culture there yes lots of wonderful books for new england Mm -hmm. um I was thinking about the Midwest and the West, and um, you may have more than being that being, being that's where you live out, out west in Colorado. But um, thinking about the Midwest, of course, the first one that came to mind was Tom Sawyer, Mark Twain, anything uh-huh. by Mark Twain. Yeah. Um, he was from Missouri, and so a lot of his books are really deeply, um, you, you know, the setting is um, um, really deeply rooted in his um, – sit- his, being from Missouri, you get a lot of that sense of place in in his mm-hmm. books, of course. Um, another that came to mind for the Midwest was Gene Stratton Porter, who um, Freckles, um, Girl of the Limberlost, mm-hmm. Laddie. Um, she was a, Jean Stratton Porter was a naturalist, and I believe she lived in Indiana. Um, but because she was a naturalist, her descriptions of nature, um, the trees, the floral, flora, the fauna, everything um, is so pervasive in her books that you, it, even though you're reading the story, you get such a deep sense of the, the forest where she is and what's, you know, the, the setting around her. Um, you really feel like you're you're in indiana in the the limberlost divorce mm-hmm. you know when you're there um when you're reading that and of course the little house books i mean you <laughs> thinking about right. yep. about you know midwest and west i think it was minnesota and the dakotas mm-hmm. i think yep. and, and Mo- a little bit and of missouri, missouri maybe yeah mm-hmm. yeah um of course comes to mind and you there's such rich descriptions just of the landscape there um Little Britches series by Ralph Moody. Um, I think that's Colorado, isn't it? It is Colorado. Yes. Yeah, it's not too far yes.
0: from where we live. Yeah, Right.
1: Yes. yes. And so that's uh, another one that uh, the very first one in that series is Father and I Were Ranchers. And um, it talks about, you know, living a life as on, on a ranch in Colorado and, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the experiences they have there with the, the elements and the... Yeah, yeah my thing.
0: kids, one of the things that they noticed in listening was just all the things that they were trying to plant. And we yes. know like how the soil is here. Right. <laughs> and they were having right. such a hard time. I think they felt a lot of empathy for their family. Just, I mean, how dry it can be and how sandy our soil can get and how some years, how little rain we get. So I, yeah, I can imagine how difficult that, that it was for them in many seasons of the year.
1: Right. Right. Those are the ones I thought of. I don't know if you have any more that I can think of. I think that's a great list. Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: And I think, yeah, in reading, especially growing up in the Midwest, I think when I'm, yeah, when I'm reading these books and authors, um, it's kind of neat to see how, you know, there's so much that's similar and the same about the terrain and about, um, like you said, the, just the landscape and, um, Mm -hmm. but then just to see all that they dealt with um, in a different time. Right. Yes. So. Absolutely, yeah. Do you, absolutely. I you, well, oh yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say I know that you also had um, had some thoughts about some books for the South. Did you have any yes. to recommend about that? Th-
1: that's where I am. Yes, of yes. course. And so I, I love books set in the South. Um, well, I live at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and so um, I'm drawn to a lot of books about the. App, you know Appalachian area, and one of the picture books that we love in our home is "When I Was Young in the Mountains" by Cynthia Rylant, mm-hmm. um, and that that's a, a picture book that kind of gives you a, a a snapshot of what it was like um, to live in the Appalachian Mountains, which can be very. Um, difficult. Um, mm-hmm. It still is. Mm-hmm. Um, it still is for a lot of a lot of people. And so um, another one that's similar to that is the Rag Coat by Lauren Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another picture book. Um, but not limiting it to the Appalachian Mountains. Um, but for older students, of course, the first book that came to mind was the first book that I ever really fell in love with, and that was To Kill a Mockingbird mm-hmm. by Harper Lee, mm-hmm. um, which you know kind of gives you a snapshot of southern history that's not always um um pleasant to to think about but it is a part of our our past tonight Atticus Finch is one of my all-time favorite favorite people in literature um and a hero of mine um so I love that book and of course you and I both mentioned already today Wendell Berry um his books are set in um in Kentucky and um he is so, so deeply rooted in the sense of place um, that you really do feel like that you are in that community of Port William, Kentucky, you know, when, when you're reading it. Um, and I, I love that. Or for something kind of lighter, I don't know if you're familiar with Jan Karen's Mitford series.
0: No, I'm not.
1: But. Yes, oh, you would love it. <laughs> it takes place in a fictional town in North Carolina, um, and it centers around um, a, a, a pastor um, named Father Brown. And it um, just take it's kind of a community. It's very similar to Wendell Berry's um, Port William community in the sense that it's it's very centered. That, that the all of the themes of the book are centered on place and community, um, and helping each other and living life together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's very light. It's a, okay. it's much yeah. lighter <laughs> than yeah. Wendell Berry. Um, and I've, it's been a while since I've read, I've, I've read like the first five, four, maybe five or six of them. And I don't recall anything that was objectionable that you couldn't even probably read it aloud with your children. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to go back and reread, but I think it's, it's fine. But, but because I live in the South, I, I particularly love books about the South. And um, so I, the thing about Jan Karen, I think she's from a town near me. And as I read her books, I, I'm like, this is where I grew up. (laughs) You know, like, this mm -hmm. is my place. These are my people. And Mm -hmm. I've been kind of immersing myself in short stories from North Carolina writers for the past Uh couple of months. Uh Yeah. And I I just love feeling connected to my roots like that. Mm -hmm. And, and that's always a recommendation um when you're traveling somewhere, seek out authors from the area where you're traveling.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because you'll often find that their books are just really rooted in the places that they come from. It their the settings of their books. They you write what you know. And that's so right. yeah. um, the best you know, writers
0: do. Yeah, sure. that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've, I um, have been reading a lot of short stories by North Carolina writers oh, recently. Great. Yeah, I, yeah, I but, feel that
0: way about Wendell Berry, even though he was writing from, you know, maybe more of a paradigm from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Just the farming, kind of being in a farm, yes. growing up in a farming community, that's how I felt when I read his books. I thought, this is, like, he's writing about the people that I knew grew, yes. growing up. And so it just, yeah, had a deep connection with that, with the Port William
1: community. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think, you know... I, if you're not going somewhere this summer, um, you know, because a lot of us aren't traveling anywhere and that's that's totally fine. Of course, you can travel to all these places, you know, in your imagination. But y- you can really, really immerse yourself in your own place and in, in mm-hmm. your own region and learn more about it um, right. that way. Yeah. So that, I, think, I, I think
0: that sometimes, at least for me and maybe others, we can tend to overlook that. We right. feel so comfortable yeah. where we are. You know, yeah, I even think that about. Where I, where I am in colorado that i know there's actually even in preparing for this podcast i thought i should find out more books about you know here of course we experience things and we travel around our local area but um sometimes we can overlook the things right outside our door
1: right right and i think that's one last book that i want to recommend i know i have recommended so so many books today but we haven't done a lot of um Book recommendations recently on the podcast, so I didn't feel quite so bad about it. But, <laughs> uh, but one that I, I do want to recommend an author that I do want to recommend. Um, you know, speaking of if you're if you're not going somewhere, um, that y- you really you can encourage your your children and even encourage yourself in your own heart to discover the adventure that's in your own backho- own backyard in in the in the ordinary everyday. Um, things that we see in life that we, we think are mundane, um, there is so much there to see. And I I want to recommend um, books by N.D. Wilson, mm-hmm. um, like 100 Cupboards and other books of his. He is a modern author who just delights in bringing attention to the wonder in the ordinary. And his books often center on that theme of um, really – being delighted by what's in in front of you Mm -hmm. and um how that can transport you um as well and so you know we talk about traveling to a lot of places um but sometimes the best things to discover are the things in our own backyard and i think wilson is um just a master at doing that and um, i wrote a full review of 100 cupboards on the blog a while back if you want to go check that out um because his books can tend to be, um, some people call them scary, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, I I talk about that specifically in my review. So if you have any hesitation, go check that out. But um, I just think he is just such a master at helping you to see the beauty um, in in everything around you, and um, that's just his gift. And I love I love it, and I recommend his books for that reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, we we hope that you will read, read, read with your kids this summer and encourage them to read on their own if they're able to do that. Um, and I think that, you know, we're usually in our family at this point also talking about our summer reading lists. And as my girls are 13 and 11 now, my older ones, so I'll kind of I'll talk with them through some of their ideas of what they would love to read. And they're really getting excited to have free, uh, you know, a little more space to read. Um, so kind of how we do it is I'll, I'll kind of sit with them at their ages. Now I used to just curate the list for them when they were younger, but um, they would get to pick, you know, off of this list. So I think it had the feeling that they're still choosing, you know, what their next right. thing is, but, but we're, we're doing this together and I'm giving some recommendations. And um, I think often, you know, they would see, Oh, okay, mom, you know, that, that was a good, good idea, even if they were hesitant at first, but um, it's been fun to, as they've gotten a little bit older to do it together. So we're looking forward to, to working on those. Um, and I've, I've had a tension about, you know, whether to reward them or not in this process. But mm-hmm. I've, I think I've come to see that it, it has been, it has just pushed them a little bit to read um, a little mm-hmm. more than they might normally. Or, um, you know, like I, I've said before, often they you know, might be hesitant about something that I'm recommending, but will will you know, a little bit of an incentive or knowing that a reward's coming, will push them to maybe pick it up anyways. And then they'll realize, oh, I right. actually am enjoying this or, <laughs> Right. You know, um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> if they, you know, they may not have otherwise thought that had they not been just had a gentle push of a right. possible <laughs> reward at the <laughs> end of it. So that's kind of how we've, we've come to settle that, but, um, Jamie, you guys have any do you have any
1: specific books you want to read for the summer or just kind of figuring it out still? A little bit of both. I uh-huh. I have a list personally and then I'm uh-huh. I'm curating a list for my oldest son yeah. um, mm-hmm. to kind of encourage him. I haven't yet decided. I think I think I'm going to wait and see how he responds to my recommendation yeah. for this list right. <laughs> before yeah. I decide if I'm going to do a reward system, but I may, I may end up doing that as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then, of course, I, I have a list for myself that, right. I, well, that's always ongoing, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to give it a little bit more specific attention this mm-hmm. summer yeah. um, while I have a little bit more space mm-hmm. in my schedule, I think. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm check off some of the things that have been on the to-be-read list yes. for a really long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, that's my hope. Things, you know, never quite work out exactly the way you want them to, but I'm really um, hoping that I can get some of those um, those books that I really desire to read, um, mm-hmm. get, get those read this yeah. summer. So, yes, yeah.
0: I agree. I'm with you. I have the <laughs> same goal. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening today. We hope that you'll check out storyform.com for different articles and reviews, as Jamie had mentioned, some of those, and book lists that we've put together. Um, We will be writing for the month of June, and we'll be back to podcast. We'll have a a new podcast up in July, but taking a break from podcasting for the month of June. We really want to hear from you, so we would would love for you to go to iTunes and tell us— tell us what you think about the podcast give us feedback leave any kind of comments I think when we are just so encouraged when you leave us comments um, on the podcast and just tell us what you love about it if you have any questions or anything any feedback um, we would love to hear it there we would love for you to give us a review and a star rating and that just helps um, get the podcast out to others and and we'd love to hear from you. Um, keep up with us on our Storyform Facebook page, and you can also message us there and on Instagram at Storyformed Home. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our StoryForm Facebook page and follow us at StoryFormed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be StoryFormed.